Welcome to Fully Yours, a podcast about food, the sacred, and ordinary moments of extraordinary belonging. Hello, this is Chloe from the Fully Yours podcast. And on behalf of my co-hosts, Eva and Christy, so excited to have you here to tune into this episode to share today a interview that I had a few um, weeks ago, a conversation with Leo Hickman. Leo is the founder of Classy Hippie Tea Company, which is located in Sacramento, California, Leo is a super dynamic individual, and he'll share a little bit in this conversation about his journey as he um, was involved in the military and then went on to engineering, uh, looking for solutions to bring healing and wholeness to those he, to himself and also to those he encountered, and how that journey actually brought him um, to encounter tea, something that he saw across several cultures as sort of a meeting place and a means of healing. So now today he has um, alongside a, a really a community and a team of exceptional individuals. They're working to bring this vision into the Sacramento area of providing um, tea and beyond that, providing creating a space where people can sit down, share a cup of tea, share a conversation, share ideas, um, and gradually build a community that supports um, wholeness and well-being. And their community, their tea shop, um, includes an event space and also a space that promotes movement and activity. They have, um, they're partnered with a, a yoga company as well. So there's yoga that's offered on a daily basis. And um, it's really been neat to see how the space has unfolded over the last, um, the last several years, I think. But f- for me, I came across it within the last year. And, and just in that year, um, the physical space has transformed and it's been pretty neat to see as people discover this tea shop. So I want to just extend gratitude to Leo for taking the time to have this conversation and really to affirm each of you who's listening today. Um, this is a really special time. You are, If you're tuning in when this episode is released, it's actually the beginning of, um, well, the close of 2019, which has been such a full year, and the close of this decade. Um, and we're right on the eve or the cusp of, of a new period of time. And so just want to um, thank you for being a part of our community, for listening in. Um, hopefully, for uh, if you've had a chance to reach out to us and um, connect with us, and just wish you Um, a sense of renewal as we come into this new year and as we move forward. Take care. Thank you for listening. Hi there. I'm here with Leo Hickman. Leo is the founder and a professional tea sommelier here at Classy Hippie Tea Company in Sacramento. And beyond being a literal tea house, um, Classy Hippie Tea also stands for travel, events, and activism, too. Um, Beyond that, it's a gathering space for community and for movement here in Sacramento. 
So Leo, we're sitting in the tea house. <laughs> um, our listeners might hear some of the sounds of the tea house behind us, of folks coming in and out today. Um, and would love to hear a little bit more about your story. I remember you telling me some time back that at some point in this life lifespan of yours, you um, were an engineer. And now you identify as the longest standing employee of a tea house. So I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit of your journey that brought you to tea and to community space here. Uh, respect, respect. And uh, thank you for having me. Uh, always a pleasure to tell your story, you know. Um, it's a pleasure to be interesting to people <laughs> that anyone even cares to hear your story. So um, long story short, uh, you know, starting off uh, from engineering after college, uh, I guess I should back up before that. Uh, I was prior military, and that was the first time I learned about engineering, building bridges and blowing stuff up on the military. And then uh, after I got out, uh, I set out on a course to try to figure out how to heal, uh, you know, other soldiers that had lost limbs. So that took me into biomedical engineering. I wanted to build bionic arms and robotic uh, body parts. Um, we had some success, but uh, the funding was uh, out of the roof for one project. So uh, it just didn't work. And uh, I was kind of getting fed up feeling a little lost, uh, feeling defeated, and uh, did some traveling and hit about 27 countries in total. Uh, and at the end of that, you know, I was looking for myself and I ended up finding tea. Uh, every country I went to had tea. England, uh, Japan, the Middle East, uh, India, like every country had some kind of tea ceremony. And uh, I realized that, you know, in America, as a as a male, I didn't have a rite of passage. There was no Sweet Sixteen. There was no, and uh, I felt like tea was a rite of passage for a lot of men in other cultures, and it was a bonding experience that uh, was awesome. So I wanted to figure out how to bring that back here uh, to America, and uh, figured it out. I guess I uh, started off as an event planning company that uh, served tea uh, at triathlons, marathons, things of that sort. And then from there, uh, we slowly morphed into a brick and mortar. And uh, now we serve the best DMT in Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. um, I am drinking a cup right now of Light and Lively. Can you tell me what's in that tea blend? And, and a little bit about your tea blends in general. You have a, ton, you have a wall covered with different um, blends of tea. And as people come into the shop, they are welcomed to just open up these um, these jars and to breathe in the aromas of these different teas and and just to learn a little bit more there's herbal and green and black um, can you tell me a little bit more about the light and lively excellent uh, light and lively is a really fun blend um, it has a touch of lemongrass we have chamomile rose hips um, and, and 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 what's the last one moringa is what I was looking for um, which is a hormone balancer. I really love that herb as just a, a base herb, um, also known as an adaptogen. So it just has so many healing properties. Uh, so it's light because it's uh, very leafy, but uh, it's also lively with the moringa and uh, the lemongrass, things like that. Uh, it's naturally just going to lift your mood. 
So um, creating these different tea blends, it sounds like was its own creative process. And then you're also talking about kind of this deeper healing process that was going on for you as you traveled and, um, and experienced these different cultural ways of approaching tea and then wanting to bring it back here to to the United States. I'm curious, um, this season we're focusing on our, our uh, season theme is homegrown and the three co-hosts are, we're all located in different regions of the United States and are just trying to engage with, um, with people who are really responding to their local context. And I'm curious, um, you shared with me this morning that you grew up in New Jersey, and I'm wondering what brought you here to Sacramento, and how did you adapt this idea to really fit whatever needs you were seeing in your in your community and in your specific um, context? Yeah, we can be completely honest on this podcast. Well, you know, coming from the East Coast. Um, it's kind of like Gotham City, right? Uh, and the perception of the West Coast was 90210, like Beverly Hills 90210, or like uh, um, I can't, Alicia Silverstone. I can't remember the movie it was with her, but um, Clueless. Yeah, like that's what I grew up seeing, and that was my representation of California. And I was like, whoa. Okay, uh, so uh, to I think most young people, the freedom of sex, love, drugs, rock and roll that California represented, it was like Woodstock was still happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so it was like an Eden in a way that you were trying to get to. And uh, So we're actually taking a brief pause. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we're in the tea room now, and there are uh, folks who are coming on in and out, um, trying either a cup of tea to, to come and have a conversation in this space. There's also an, an active uh, yoga practice that's going on in the back. Um, we have a class coming up in five minutes. Um, so folks, some of them are a part of the tea membership and come in for a daily cup of tea. Others are stopping by or getting a bag of tea to go. Well, that was always the allure yeah. of, of California, yeah. but um, obviously I needed to do something mm-hmm. once I got here. Mm-hmm. So uh, college became the how can I get out there and do something functional. Mm-hmm. So uh, ended up racing motorcycles in Arizona. Uh, and it wasn't quite California, but I was closer. Yeah. Um, crashed a few too many times with no insurance and uh, ended up going back to school. Mm-hmm. And that's when I got a degree in engineering. Mm-hmm. And uh, 2008 hit, mm-hmm. uh, the housing crash. And I was working in Las Vegas at the time. Uh, it was the first place I got hired. Uh, a lot of new builds and the hospital industry was booming. Mm-hmm. And once the housing crash happened, uh, happened um, everything kind of halted. Mm-hmm. So as the youngest engineer on the crew, they said, uh, we could either let you go or we can transfer you to California. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> All right. <Yeah. laughs> the rest is history. So then your travels and that whole period of your life, was that 
you left California for a while, you did the traveling, you came across tea, and then you returned to California kind of with this different perspective and motivation. Is that kind of what uh, happened? More so after uh, Arizona, uh-huh. uh, I did the traveling and started, oh, okay. and then ended up in California. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So when you were dreaming of, when you were doing your event, company and and started to dream about doing a brick and mortar community space um how how did you or did you um i guess what did you hope to bring to to this specific city and and where you were so at that time i i had three legs of what we currently uh, teach as meds Mm -hmm. right so I had meditation, exercise, and diet. Yes. I, I knew those three things. So I had a space on the UC Davis uh, hospital campus mm-hmm. where I was serving tea. And there's a lot, it's a teaching college. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of doctors come there, uh, you know, in their early years. Mm-hmm. And so I had the chance to sit back with a lot of like brilliant young people yeah. that were like starving and yeah. like tea is all they could afford. Yeah. So uh, they came and they hung out with me. And uh, one guy, he said, well, Leo, if, I hope you don't feel insulted. You, it seems like you put a lot of work into this. Mm-hmm. But through my research, uh, I think we've ended up at the same space, and I don't have anything to do with this, uh, or I can't do anything with this. But I want to add one last piece. And he said, how about sleep? Oh. How, how about you make that meds? Huh. And I said, ooh. And it changed everything. So from there, uh, I, my mission became Tai Chi and tea. Wow. That was the way that I would preach the concept of taking more meds. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And from there, I could talk about diet. I can talk about sleep patterns, REM, yeah. uh, what's going to herbs that will help you sleep, herbs that will bring you up. Mm-hmm. It just it, it was the, the, the body mm-hmm. that now, you know, the octopus has many tentacles. It was the body of the octopus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with that philosophy of meds, how have you seen that playing out now that you do have this brick and mortar space um, and and you have many venues still, you have teaching, you have community gatherings, we have yoga and Tai Chi that's offered here, people who come in and out for, for the tea. How do you see that your philosophy, your teachings being received by the community? Is there still kind of a similar hunger as those those original students that you were working with for this sort of information? Uh, there definitely is uh, uh, an effort to still reach the <laughs> the people. <laughs> it has a mind of its own, right? I'm done. <laughs> uh, there definitely is a push to reach the, the people that I intended to reach in the beginning. But uh, really my goal was to, to find tea drinkers. Uh, tea drinkers tend to be uh, educated. They tend to be well-traveled. They tend to be uh, a little well-mannered, um, cultured, so to say. Um, I just They were just interesting people. Um, and so I have been able to target those people. Uh, on the flip side, the community response isn't quite what I expected. Um, most people that come to Classy Hippie, uh, 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 use it as a destination spot, um, and they love it for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, most people in the community are still passbys, uh, where you know, heavy into coffee or whatever their morning routine may be. 
uh, but it's, it hasn't played out to be T. And that's that's true. That's that is um, a big reality. I think of our country. I know I I started <laughs> as a tea drinker when I was younger, and then I go through um, different medical communities where it was a really intense schedule. And I lived up in the Northeast, and sure enough, I picked up coffee along the way. And um, I think for some people that that works with their system. I know for mine it doesn't, um, but there's something that's still culturally attractive about it for me. Um, and so. So that's kind of been this love-hate relationship <laughs> that I've had. Um, yeah, absolutely. Wine, beer. Totally. Uh, it, it, yeah, uh, you know, tea or coffee is very similar to wine and beer and its craftiness uh, these days. And having a bunch of people doing micro brews or, you know, um, it's all a, a, a experimentation with fermentation. So to say, you know, um, really, we enjoy it because it gives us gut health. Uh, now, there's different ways of going about it, you know. Um, you want to watch the alkalinity and things like that, which I don't know if it's necessarily coming into play anymore. I believe most people are on the flip side of medicinal, which would be abusive, uh, you know, um, and doing a little more harm to their body. Uh, a lot of these beverages can be uh, extremely dehydrating uh, and uh, high consumption. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they can have adverse effects where the caffeine and things like that, like it, your body becomes immune to it. Um, so which makes you drink more. Um, and then dehydration can lead to, you know, uh, slowing down of blood, thickening of blood, mm -hmm. things of that sort. And so circulation issues. Uh, so there's just things that, you know, if we use these these beverages medicinally, mm -hmm. then rock and roll. And, I mean, you can even use it medicinally every day, mm -hmm. you know, like have a cup yeah. of coffee, have your cups of tea, yeah. you know, but know when you need to switch over to herbals, know when you need to start flushing your system back out uh, to maintain that hemostasis, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that would be my recommendation. I don't think any of them are, are bad, and I don't. Uh, believe in doing it in moderation. I believe if you treat it as a medicine, you know, everyone's moderation is going to be different, but uh, it must be recognized as a medicine. Um, so here on the podcast, we we love to explore this intersection between food and spirituality, seeing food as something that um, can be an entrance way or, or an access point into our, our spirituality um, that is not necessarily separate, I guess. Um, and we love to explore that from various ang angles and just curious um, about c coming from your own sense of spirituality. Um, you mentioned Tai Chi and, and kind of this tea ceremony. Um, how, I guess, do you experience an intersection, um, a, a, a coming together or an overlapping between food and herbs and sort of our, our spiritual well-being? And what has that been for you? And how do you see that playing out for others in this context? Um, well, kind of as we mentioned earlier, I think uh, food, beverage, and uh, spirituality have, have been hand in hand, you know, the right to the left, uh, the yang to the yang for a very long time. And uh, that's because <laughs> once the body is satiated, the mind is more willing to receive. So um, people generally j just won't participate if they're hungry, 
uh, it's really hard to focus in that way, and it's it's hard to teach medica- meditation through application in that point. If I'm hungry and you're trying to teach me to, like, quiet the mind, it's like, uh, I don't know, bruh. Um, so to that, I think many cultures have uh, got you in the door. The gateway drug has been the bread. Come on in. I got you. And, you know, once you're fed, then uh, the, the blood is going to start to process the food, which at that point I'm willing to sit down and listen to what you have to say for an hour or two, and I just may believe it. So it allows me to make my sales pitch. And to me, uh, spirituality that we're finding uh, uh, any, anywhere outside of ourselves would be a sales pitch. You know what I mean? Um, the, the spirit that is within you is the spirit that you're trying to connect with uh, from my journey. And that spirit within you plugs into the matrix in its own special way. You are your own key. And if you're trying to follow anyone else's sales pitch, uh, then you may get closer to your purpose, but you have to know when to break off. And many uh, don't. They end up uh, you know, under a guru for too long, so to say. Uh, so to that, we lose ourselves, um, and we can't do that, whether it be uh, a relationship or a spiritual relationships or partnerships or, you know, you must maintain your key because you unlock certain uh, aspects of the universe, you know. Uh, you, you have your own purpose here, and uh, that's the spirituality. Do, do you feel like um, our actual interactions with food or um – especially kind of in the medicinal sense that you were speaking of earlier, do you feel like that could could assist us in reconnecting with our inner selves or with our key or with um, that spiritual point within ourselves? I, I believe we can, and I know we can, but we have lost our balance with uh, food. So we tend to use food more as a drug, uh, a pacifier or something that's comfortable. We're not, we, most of us tend, including myself, um, you know, uh, most of us tend not to eat for nutrition. Most of us are eating for comfort or, you know, uh, I, my clock says it's lunch. The system says I should be eating right now. So these are the types of things that um, food could definitely, definitely, I mean, obviously, which is why it's been used for so long. So uh, I'm not that, someone who's going to come along and change that. It works. But I would love to see it, uh, the awareness around it being a medicine. Let that food be that medicine, you know. Um, become more of a, a, a thought process within the American culture. We've also had some conversations about what it's like to be an entrepreneur in general and then specifically in this, um, in this business. And I'm curious how how you're holding um, kind of your core motivation and what you hope to bring to others in in conversation with the realities of running a business and trying to, um, you know, to grow and, and be sustainable and, or profitable um, and just running a brick and having a brick and mortar. There's challenges in that. So I'm wondering kind of maybe what are some of those challenges and then also how are you sustaining and supporting yourself in the work on a day-to-day basis? Uh, It's honestly been a blessing and a curse, you know, Um, but the challenges at the end of the day, the, the only challenges that I've ever had in business are me not knowing me, my vision, 
well enough. And so, you know, I'm manifesting things that I'm not quite ready for. I haven't built a character to handle the weight of it or the magnitude of the decision that's going into it. So I end up in that position for a little bit longer than I want to sometimes because I'm opening my mouth and manifesting. I'm writing things down and manifesting faster than I've built a plan. And so when my manifestations outdo the plan that I've created for the manifestation, then I end up stuck and I end up with a bunch of resources that I don't know what to do, you know, with. Um, so any of the challenges that I've had have been uh, 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 coming back to me. I need to read more. I probably need to sleep more. Uh, I need to pay attention to my diet a little bit more uh, so I can receive more of who I am within this transition and what I'm supposed to be doing with these things. You know, tapping back into my star player. Yeah, me. Yeah. I don't know if this is your intention, um, but I feel like there's something that is really special about this space. I feel like, um, you know, I've been to other yoga studios or other places where you can get a warm beverage and um, there is a sense, there's something personal about this space is what I experience. Um, I feel like the the way that you often know who's coming through the door and that you greet them and welcome them, um, but it's in a way that's authentic, That's that feels um, like that there's a deeper connection there. Um, I just want to name that. I think that's really unique. And um, I imagine the difficulties of starting any business are probably beyond what we can ever even imagine when we start on that path. But um, I want to honor what you are continuing to bring to the space and to that idea. Yeah. Um, intentionally and deliberately, uh, what you're recognizing is that uh, we accept m we accept transactions, we accept money, mm -hmm. but we're not transaction-based. Yeah. There's times many people come back saying, I forgot to pay. Mm -hmm. Man, my fault. Mm -hmm. You know, like they'll turn back around because they feel guilt mm -hmm. over not paying and supporting. That's the kind of activation I want to create within people. It, it, you literally ignite a, a moral standard mm -hmm. within people mm -hmm. by not charging them. They want to pay you. Whereas when you're constantly charging, you feel like, ah, man, I got out of the Starbucks and I'll pay it. Ah, they make enough money. Ah, what's $5 to them? Whereas here, that's not the conversation. It's like, yo, $5 or not, man, I'm, I'm turning around. Yeah. I want to support that. Um, and that's going to be something that as we grow, you know, to constantly calibrate and, and maintain that level of uh, connectedness mm -hmm. with, with the people who come in because it's truly a network. Is that network, is that something that 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 initial encounter with tea and with tea ceremony, was, was there something there that kind of created that connection for you? Tea... Uh, T, I, I was, as I was looking for myself, mm -hmm. I was really looking for somewhere I fit in. Yeah. I was looking for a network. Mm -hmm. um, my catch was from my training and my education, I was taught that my network had to look, speak, and feel like me. I had to use the five senses that I have in the exact same way. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's other entities that also use their senses, you know, mm -hmm. plants uh, receive air 
They understand electricity. They understand cold or warm, uh, and they respond adequately. You know, fungus is another kingdom, uh, just like the plant kingdom, and we have, we're a part of the human kingdom. Um, and we all respond to these elements in different ways, but we're all responding to it. And um, once I realized that I could live in harmony with all the kingdoms, I stopped just trying to live in harmony with the human kingdom. And it really opened me up. So you're right, T was the network that I bit into. From understanding T, I started to understand and study soil. From understanding soil, I started to pay attention to the moon and rainfall and ocean patterns. And so from there, now I'm starting to pay attention to emotions and how they move within the body during full moons being that word 90% water. So understanding the plant made me understand my genetic makeup that much more. And how does that then impact the way that you interact with other humans, would you say? Uh, full circle. I interact with other humans with a lot more kindness and humility, uh, which really, for them, equates to patience. Uh, and I, I, I think that's what separates me from a lot of people. Uh, I'm extremely patient. I would love just to close with um, maybe what what's your hope for the future of of your community, your your space here, um, or maybe of people who are creating these healing spaces. What what are your hopes? What are your words of encouragement? Maybe there's someone listening who is really inspired by by your words and your journey, um, who either wants to uh, engage with those that alternate meds <laughs> set, um, or who maybe dreams about creating healing spaces as well in their own communities. Do you have any words of hope or encouragement? Um, in any aspect of life, and and uh, in any aspect of life, and and they attempt to get to know self better. Uh, fail often, fail fast. That's it. It's it's the only way to know how to deal with these tr transitions. Life is a, a shitload of transitions. And really, we're all just trying to gauge our transitions. As soon as we get comfortable, we're transitioning into something else. You know, they say change is inevitable, but uh, if change is inevitable, then transition is inevitable. And really, it's not the change that we're having a hard time adjusting to. It's the transition of the frequencies changing as we're developing into something new, you know? Um, so if you're able to fail often and fail fast, uh, it allows you to just better be in tune with you. And again, that's the name of the game, full circle. All right. Well, thank you again, Leo. Um, we will have information about Classy Hippie Tico over in the show notes on our website. We hope that you will check them out. Um, thank you again for listening today. Thank you so much for joining us at the table. We would love to hear from you. Let us know what you think by leaving a rating on iTunes. Or if you have show ideas, comments, or just want to reach us directly, send us an email at fully.yours.podcast at gmail.com. For today's show notes, our blog, and more, be sure to check us out at fullyyourspodcast.com. Huge thanks to Steve Dry and Catalyst of Harvard Epworth United Methodist Church, based in Cambridge, Massachusetts, for their generous grant funding of this podcast. 
Shout out to the talented Joel Adams and Melody Stanford Martin for producing the original song featured in this podcast. Also to Melody for our gorgeous logo design and to our dream team for keeping us grounded and inspired. Until next time, we are fully